Hello, and welcome to the Real Weird Podcast, Dispatch 8. Hey everyone, so I'm back. Sorry this one took so long, but I have some movies to recommend for you. So first up is The Empty Man. Now this is, uh, from what I understand, an adaptation of a graphic novel. I have not read said graphic novel, but I'm happy to say I can heavily recommend this one. It's on HBO Max. Uh, it is genuinely really fucking creepy as far as a horror movie goes. And honestly, horror movies are one of those ones where you're lucky if you get more than like two or three good ones a year. But so basically what it opens with is this prolonged intro. It's like the first 15 minutes or so. And it shows a group of four friends hiking in some mountain range, possibly the Himalayas. I think, I don't know if they ever said, One falls down into a crevice and becomes seemingly catatonic and they go to find a lodge and after that the intro ends. And after the intro we cut away to a little small town somewhere in the American Midwest. We find out that several of the locals have gone missing recently and that there's this local legend of the empty man. Basically, uh, you know, I don't know, Bloody Mary or whatever. (laughs) Basically, you just blow into a bottle while you're on a bridge alone at night. And I forget the exact details, but it usually ends up with the empty man coming for you. And I'm going to say that the only thing I can really say against this is that the ending was a little confusing. Um, so I'm not going to address that right here because I want to keep these spoiler-free as much as possible. Uh, but yeah, I really loved the occultism, the urban el- the urban legend element. The fact that the detectives in charge of this case like actively talk to each other about how it's affecting others. It's a very slow, bor- slow burn horror with mystery elements. There's a couple what you would call jump scares, but they're fairly well done and they're used very sparingly. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really know how to really explain how it's atmospheric and I really don't, I don't really know how to properly explain something like a good creepy atmosphere. So I'll just leave it at that. But yeah, aside from a somewhat confusing ending, it's a really, uh, good bit of, uh, it's a really good bit of horror movie. I'd recommend go watching it. I'm giving this one a 9 out of 10. Alright, next up we have The Devil All the Time. This movie follows a complex web of family drama and crime over the course of about two decades. And it centers on... It centers in around the rural backwoods in Ohio and West Virginia. Uh, specifically the towns of Knockamstiff and Coal Creek. I don't remember which is which, but... Oh wait, Knockamstiff is in Ohio. It's just outside of Mead, Ohio. Uh, and a little town called Coal Creek in West Virginia. Our main character here is Arvin Russell, who in the present day of the movie, which would be 1965, he's played by Tom Holland. And I gotta just say, what is it with uh, like British actors being able to do American Southern accents? They're just really good at it. Like, aside from... Aside from Tom Holland, we've also got Robert Pattinson and Harry Melling in the movie. 
uh, both playing these kind of bizarre, bizarre evangelical preachers. And there's not really like a main through line. It's more a bunch of intersecting plots that just build off each other. But Arvin, like I mentioned, is if anyone's the main character, it's him. And what I especially loved about this one was the just weird, colorful cast of characters. We get Arvin's dad, who's a uh, he's a veteran traumatized from World War II. Um, basically, he has this weird thing, and everyone and he kind of isolates some town from himself from the rest of the town because. You know, being a rural area, everyone's fairly religious, but he found one of his sergeants um, basically crucified during the Solomon Islands in World War II, so he always thinks of that whenever he sees a cross, so he just can't function in these settings very well. We've got Preston Roy, who are in their respective eras evangelical preachers, rather bizarre and charismatic ones. Uh, Preston's more of a scumbag, and the latter is mostly, and Roy is kind of just crazy. There's a scene where he actually, like, dumps a bucket of, like, spiders on top of his head in the middle of service to show his, you know, faith in God. We get Carl and Sandy, who are fairly sinister, despite being on the surface, just a regular, you know, 1960s middle-class couple. And we've got Sheriff Lee, at once Sandy's older brother and a crooked cop, mostly concerned about staying the sheriff. Uh, that's played by... Uh, sheriff Lee is played by Tom Holland's, you know, fellow MCU alumni, a Sebastian Stan. Yeah, honestly, it's a, it's a slow one, but performances are great all around. The scenery is wonderful. It kind of adds that sort of like small town southern feel where a lot of, and there's a lot of unseemly shit happening just below the surface. I did have to rewatch because I found it a little hard to follow with the time jumping in the movie's first half. And yeah, on top of all this, there's like themes of, you know, uh, you know, lapsed faith, masculinity, your social status, and just, you know, handing down of abuse because... Uh, Arvin's dad, well, okay, I said that, okay, I phrased it like he couldn't function around, like, crosses or in churches. He does have, like, this one little cross that he put up in the woods where he just goes to pray. And, you know, he really kind of teaches Arvin all the, lo- all the wrong res- all the wrong lessons, basically. Everything's either praying or fist fighting, to put it that way. And it just shows that it's not a good way to raise your kid. So, yeah, for the interesting themes that are being tackled, for all the performances, all the you know technical execution of the movie, I'm giving this one a 10 out of 10. All right, next up we have Psycho Gorman, directed by Steven Kostansky. This is a little sci-fi black comedy that, if you want to watch it, is on Shudder. I think it's actually a Shudder exclusive. And basically the premise here is that we have these two kids, uh, Mimi and Luke, their brother and sister. They 
are playing around in their backyard and they decide to dig a hole and in that hole they find this gem and as it turns out there's this sort of like super powered alien warlord who for shall we just say what we would call crimes against humanity (laughs) was imprisoned on earth in a sort of sarcophagus thing and he's and he wakes up and he finds finds himself bound to uh, the kids whims because they hold the gem and I'm going to say this is definitely worth a watch because you get these bizarre family dynamics. You've got Mimi is just kind of crazy and narcissistic, honestly. Luke is kind of a soft-spoken, um, just kind of soft-spoken, awkward brother who's just sick of getting pushed around by what I think is actually his little sister. You got the dad who's kind of lazy and has... You got the dad who's kind of, like, just lazy... And you've got the mom who's like tearing her hair out, trying to make sense of everything. So that, so there's that fun little dynamic. And then, especially with like Gorman, because that's what they end up calling him, Psycho Gorman or PG, is that he makes no effort to make himself look like a good guy. Almost everything out of his work, almost every word out of his mouth is about like, you know, <laughs> threats of violence or like remarking about how primitive or stupid humans are and Mimi's just like yeah I don't care just do this okay <laughs> so it's kind of weird on that aspect but it's enjoyable um it's kind of slow paced for a movie that could just be over the top schlocky fun the effects are actually pretty decent for such a low budget movie um there's this fun, there's this funny scene where one of their friends gets turned into what's basically just this like giant brain with tentacles and googly eyes. But I don't know. I think I think if they had I don't know how much of this is just down to scripting and how much is down to acting, but the movie wasn't quite as fun as it could have been, but it was still enjoyable. Like all of the comedy was pretty consistent. But sometimes you're just, I don't know, if you're like me, you might get frustrated with the kids at a couple points. But I'm going to give this one an 8 out of 10, just because I think the merits of it are enough to cancel out a lot of the a lot of the drawbacks. All right, next up we have Malignant from James Wan, who also directed Saw and Aquaman. Uh, Malignant follows a woman who is dragged into a murder investigation because she repeatedly receives these rather uh, horrifying visions of murders as they happen. It has a lot of genuinely creepy moments and very visceral body horror with just this sort of like weird-looking, deformed, black-clad figure shambling around. Music, lighting, camera work, and performances all add to the creepiness, so it's it's really fun on that level uh there's also and part of the reason she gets dragged into this initially is because before the visions happen uh she has a fight with it's with her husband who we can tell just from that opening scene is kind of abusive 
and she sort of wakes up and finds him just horribly mutilated. So that's the reason why she gets dragged into the initial investigation. And then the visions start happening after that with all the subsequent killings. Um, like I said, basically everything about the movie is, uh, at the very least, good. My only real issue is that the twist at the end, I think a fair amount of people might question the plausibility of it. So I'm going to make this one another 8 out of 10. Alright, next up we have Watcher by Chloe Okuno. I actually had to go a couple towns over to the theater to see this. Uh, and when I got there, the one I was in was completely empty. So... I don't know if it was just limited advertising or limited release, but it did actually kind of help in a lot of ways just for my viewing experience. So we have Micah Monroe starring as Julia. She is an American woman who relocated with her husband to Bucharest in Romania as part of his job. Over the course of a few nights, she sees a man watching her from an apartment window across the street. Things basically just descend into madness from there, because this whole movie is set up to make you wonder if it's actually just her being insane or not. It's a very old-fashioned, cold suspense thriller, and um, if you go into the movies like this expecting there to be a lot of, like, you know, killing set pieces avoid this because you'll probably be bored. I loved it, but that's because I basically went into it very, very blind. Um, there's a sort of pervasive paranoia because there's also discussion of like a serial killer that had been captured recently uh, on the news. Um, part of the things that helps her feel kind of isolated in the movie is that while her husband is fluent in Romania, she is like barely knows any of it so every communication she has to go through is either with is either through him or with their neighbor and my only real complaint about the movie is the ending which was satisfying yes but it was very kind of abrupt it was almost like all right story's done credits (laughs) it's like you know right after the climax of the film basically but Overall, wonderfully made movie, and I'm giving it a 9 out of 10. Alright, and finally for this one, we have Crimes of the Future. Most recent entry from David Cronenberg, yes, the king of body horror himself, finally getting back to what he's most well known for. Crimes of the Future, by the way, he... This is not, in fact, a remake of his other movie from 1970 of the same name. He has two called Crimes of the Future, but this one is, but they're basically unrelated plot-wise. So we've got Saul Tenser and Caprice, played respectively by Viggo Mortensen and Leah Sadu, and the two are a performance art couple living in a climate-ravaged near-future world, unnamed country and city, and Saul has some form of condition that's called accelerated evolution syndrome, which causes him to randomly grow new organs. Caprice, given the fact that apparently humans in this setting for some reason feel little to no pain anymore, she uses this weird 
um, sort of like remote control surgery table that she can basically just control with this little touchpad as a sort of performance art to show how the um, to show the extractions of these organs and yeah for those that don't know this movie is just fucking weird in a lot of ways it's pure Cronenberg and it has that perfect blend of gross out body horror and uh, story sophistication on the one hand there's the plain matter effect method used to portray life in this new world and it actually kind of makes the body horror and sort of uncomfortable sci-fi themes all the more unsettling and also because there's this you know subplot about um, this group of mutants being tracked down by the government and I mean given recent you know attempts by governments to start regulating bodies again (laughs) let's just say it's it's a little it's a little on the nose at points, but you know, not so much that it takes you out of it. I mean, between, you know, assaults on bodily autonomy and also just the general many people, myself included, starting to lose any faith in doing anything about pollution. It's it's a really resonant movie in a lot of ways, if you can look past the some of the gross out stuff, which doesn't take up much of the scream time, I should say. But it's like, and especially for me, the best part is that so much of this stuff, just you just take things as they happen. Like opening scene. Yeah, this kid's eating and it's like literally biting off pieces of a plastic waste bin and eating them. Deal with it. (laughs) And, you know, and, you know, I've given her shit in the past, but I gotta say Kristen Stewart was just fucking wonderful (laughs) in this movie. She she just looked so completely tweaked out through most of this movie. She has this sort of like very mousy performance that she gives where she's kind of like jittery and nervous constantly. She over enunciates basically everything. I I just had a blast every time she was on screen as well. So yeah, I'm going to give this one a 10 out of 10. All right, that's it for this batch. Stay safe. I will see you later. Bye-bye.